99. You can count. Wow. Public school math did you wonders. And we're live. Hey, everybody wow. out there in I'm YouTube saying, and podcast land. The real question is, can you count? I mean, I've got 10 fingers and toes, so I think I'm in the money right now. But uh, hey, hey, all you crazy sci-fi and fantasy fans, it's time for your daily dose of shenanigans over here at the Blasters and Blades podcast. Just three nerdy veterans geeking out over our science fiction passions and fantastical fantasies. A place where magic is king, the sky is the limit, and space is the place. We are the podcast that puts the fun in dysfunction. Well, Doc is. But uh, without further ado, we're going to hey, introduce hey, our... Hey. The VA yes. gave you a higher rating than I did. This is true, but, you know, that's what happens when you get blown up 27 times. But other than that, I had a blast in Iraq, and we'll move on. for me to figure out it was a bad idea. Well, you know, I was a slow learner. What can I say? It was an exciting thing. Well, let me rephrase this for clarity. It took once of you getting blown up for me to decide it was a bad for me. I mean, you know, I do what I can. I, I live to serve, Doc. So uh, we're going to talk, if you've read the title, obviously we've got another Dragon Award nominee. Uh, and this will be a released special episode on Sunday. So you've been getting lucky with all these bonus episodes, dear people. But so let me tell you, if you haven't listened to the first three, the Dragon Award is a fan voted award that recognizes outstanding achievement in science fiction and, fanta and, fan and fantasy literature, comics, gaming and film entertainment. I promise people I can read. Uh, they're given out annually at the Dragon Con in Atlanta, Georgia, and have been going. The award has been going strong since two, uh, 2016. Uh, we are at the final part of the nominations where people nominated their favorite properties. The tops numbered um, products were tallied. And now you get to vote on a selection of five, I believe. Right, Doc? Five in each category? Uh, yeah, that's right. You get one. Okay. Okay. See, Dragon won't let her sleep. Options. They just keep messing with her. Correct. All right. There are currently... Oh, and this is the important part. It's for fans by fans, so there's no membership required. You just have to have an email address to vote and a pulse. The pulse helps. Uh, and you can't be a robot. They check that. Uh, so, Doc, eh, I wonder about you. Um, are you allowed to vote? No, we were that they check that they're not a robot, not that we check. Okay. All right. So you should be okay to vote. You don't, you don't have to admit anything, Doc. All right. The 15 categories currently are best science fiction novel, Best Fantasy Novel to Include Paranormal, Best YA and Middle Grade Novel, Best Military Science Fiction or Military Fantasy Novel, Best Alternative History Novel, Best Media Tie-In Novel, uh-oh, uh-oh, that's an outstanding cover, Best Horror Novel, and we've got Best Comic Book and Best Graphic Novel, two categories, although I know the picture book should probably be in one, people, send the hate mail, I got you. We've got Best Sci-Fi or Fantasy TV Series, Best Sci-Fi or Fantasy Movie, Best Sci-Fi or Fantasy PC or Console Game, Best Sci-Fi or Fantasy Mobile Game, Best Sci-Fi or Fantasy Board Game, and last but not least, Best Sci-Fi or Fantasy Miniatures, Collectible Cards, or Role-Playing Games. All right, Doc, did I mess that up too horribly? Always, but that's okay. Are you sure? No. I don't know. You, you give me the crazy eyes lately. Uh, that's just because of the lack of sleep. All right, that'll do it. All right, your, your turn, Doc. Let's pretend you've done this before. I have done this before. Though, honestly, I don't do miss many of the uh, award episodes because I'm normally so in the thick of uh, dragon stuff. So we know you were recently nominated, and we know you are incredibly excited about this, right? Oh, definitely. So um, we weren't able to book all of the nominees, dear audience, because live, everybody has lives, and logistics can be a little challenging. Um, but we have John Jackson Miller, and we're going to let him introduce himself. Give us your illustrious bibliography and why we love you. Uh, John Jackson Miller, I write uh, novels and comics uh, about a variety of uh, universes, Star Wars, Star Trek, uh, Simpsons, Conan, uh, Iron Man, uh, uh, Mass Effect, Halo, uh, you know, just a variety of, uh, you know, franchises, both, uh, you know, video game, movie, TV, comics, uh, and, uh, very occasionally something of my own. Uh, but, uh, I've been doing that full time for about 15 years. Um, and, uh, I'm probably best known, uh, in, in Star Wars for having done the Knights of the Old Republic comic series, uh, for the entire run of that. Uh, then I did uh, novels Night Errant, uh, Kenobi, uh, uh, the, uh, A New Dawn, 
uh, Star Trek. Uh, I've done novels both uh, for the earlier TV series um, and then for the streaming era series. So, uh, so you know, the uh, uh, most recent four would have been uh, Enterprise War, which was a Dragon nominee, uh, 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 Die Standing, uh, which uh, is, uh, yeah, I can describe each of these later if we even have time, but uh, the, the, the most recent one physically out is, uh, is Star Trek Picard Rogue Elements, and that is your nominee there. Uh, and uh, I can describe that book in a bit as well later here. And then finally, the, uh, the, the most recent book I've written, which I'm actually proofreading right now, uh, is, uh, is Behind Me on My Wall. Uh, it is uh, it is uh, Star Trek: Strange New Worlds, The High Country, and that is the first novel that ties in with the Strange New Worlds TV series, and that is due out uh, February twenty uh, first of uh, twenty twenty three. Okay, so awesome. you said that you're what you were nominated for, which was Star Trek: Picard Rogue Elements, and that it is the best media tie-in novel. So can you tell us a little bit about the novel? As much detail as you want. We got some time, obviously. Yeah, this is uh, this is Captain Rios. People keep seeing this cover and saying, is that Picard? And it's like, no, it's, it's not Picard with hair. Uh, no, he does not look like he drinks Earl Grey hot. Well, and then there's other people who say, well, is, is that you? And I said, well, that's very kind of you to say, but it's absolutely not. Uh, that is, of course, uh, uh, Santiago Cabrera, the actor that plays uh, Cristobal Rios. He is the pilot that uh, Picard has in the uh, Picard TV series, uh, pilot of the starship freighter, the La Serena. Uh, people have said that he's sort of like the Star Trek Han Solo. I said, yeah, if he drank more red philosophy and smoked cigars. Uh, and, uh, and definitely uh, he has a more active social life than I think that, uh, that Princess Leia would encourage. Uh, so it is definitely a, 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 a fun book because what it is, it is his first uh, it is it is it is about how he gets the starship the La Serena. It's set about uh, eight years, nine years before the Picard TV series. So it is uh, just after he has been thrown out of Starfleet for mysterious reasons that we see in the TV show. But really, what we have is a standalone novel in which he actually gets to um, you know, grapple with uh, going from the life of a Starfleet officer to becoming. Uh, you know, a, a freelance uh, freighter captain who uh, is uh, working in the region that the uh, Federation has more or less abandoned following the destruction of the Romulan star. Uh, and so, um, you know, people people ask me about uh, what is my Star Warsiest Star Trek novel? This is probably it <laughs> because, uh, you know, this takes place in the lawless areas uh, in between the Federation and every place else. Uh, and, uh, you know, the interesting and fun thing about him is that because he is, uh, you know, really going through the shock of having been thrown out of Starfleet, um, you know, he doesn't want this job. He doesn't want anything to do with it. He doesn't want to uh, have crew members. He doesn't want to have anything else like that. Uh, and, you know, we kind of see a little of that in the TV show because, uh, you know, he's he's flying solo in the TV show and has created replicated versions of himself to use as the crew. Uh, and uh, we get to show uh, where uh, that came from. Um, and, and this is because uh, the uh, the uh, streaming era uh, novels, uh, we're all working with uh, Kirsten Beyer. Uh, Kirsten Beyer is one of the Star Trek authors. She writes the, uh, the Voyager novels. Well, she was in the writer's room on Discovery. She's the co-creator of Picard, and she's one of the executive producers of Strange New Worlds. And so every one of these novels begins with a conversation with her uh, about, you know, where is an interesting point in time where we can write about these characters? Uh, you know, where can we position these stories uh, so that, you know, if they're not canonical, they're at least canon adjacent. Uh, you know, we're able to actually, uh, you know, drop hints about things that are coming up uh, every so often uh, or, you know, no matter what, I mean, the, the idea is to try to get everything to sync up as, as closely as possible. Uh, but, uh, this book I will say is, um, you know, after having written two previous novels, uh, Enterprise War and Die Standing that, uh, uh, were a bit, uh, you know, more, uh, you know, warlike, I would say in terms of what's happening in those books, uh, you know, the, the, the kind of, kind of a body count in those books, uh, very dark. 
uh, particularly Die Standing, because Die Standing was the novel about Emperor Giorgio from the Mirror Universe and uh, and her first mission for Section 31, the spy agency. Uh, I had said to uh, my editor and also to Kirsten, I said, I want to write something that is fun. I want to write a book that is just, uh, you know, pure, uh, you know, fun to work on and to read. And that will be a great summer read for people uh, where, you know, almost nobody dies. And, um, you know, right off the bat, uh, you know, we're able to do something really fun and that, uh, you know, we're able to establish, and this isn't really a spoiler because it's on the back cover, uh, but we uh, we uh, we established that he bought the starship, uh, the freighter, uh, from the mobsters, from the planet in uh, the original Star Trek series, uh, where everybody dresses up like it's 1925, uh, like it's a, like it's Prohibition era, uh, like they like they came off the set of The Untouchables. Because literally they were using the set of the Untouchables because it was on the same Desilu stage uh, or a lot. Uh, and, uh, you know, I asked, well, can we write about what happened to those people 125 years later after uh, after uh, Captain Kirk, uh, you know, left the planet? Uh, that was an episode called A Piece of the Action. Uh, and, uh, you know, we actually uh, get to sort of follow that up. And, uh, you know, the... Uh, so it, it is a it is a fun book with some surprising uh, character appearances in it, uh, more than just cameos. Um, that piece of the action uh, book as well, or, or, or TV show as well. Uh, you know, I realized some time ago that I was born the night that that episode debuted. So this is very much this is very much I think fate that I would write a book uh, with these characters. And uh, and so again, yeah, Star Trek Picard Rogue Elements. Uh, it I, I got done with it uh, and I didn't want to leave the world. I it was It's the longest novel I've written uh, because it was so much fun. Um, it has already won the Scribe Award from the International Association of Media Tie-In Writers. Uh, and that's judged by the other uh, you know, authors in, uh, in, my, uh, in my field. Uh, and that was much appreciated because I, I really feel that it is the best work I've ever done. So that's all. I say, I, that's I always a good feeling. <laughs> I Go ahead, say, Doc. I one of the things that honestly I think where it's vibing is Star Trek has a very different feel than Firefly, but you know, Mal had that same kind of journey. So I think it vibes with some of the Firefly fans, but also Jaren and I are both veterans and that entire like leaving the service. Yeah. In versus um and finding that next path i think those storylines definitely are going to resonate with readers even if they're not big i know it's weird there are people who are not big star trek readers or big star trek fans so i think even then it's going to resonate with them and help pull that in i think that's great well thank you i you know there are characters that i've written about in similar sort of situations um you know where they're sort of undergoing a ptsd from having been abruptly cut off from the life that they were in and the life that was built around them. Uh, in particular, I wrote a novel called uh, Star Wars A New Dawn, uh, which was a prequel to the Rebels TV series with the uh, the Kanan Jarrus character who was a Padawan when Order 66 happened. And so I got to follow what his life was after uh, everything uh, collapsed around him. And how he's put his life back together again and tried to sort of reconstruct who he was uh, with the uh, the absence of, of that that formative thing there. Uh, and likewise, you know, certainly my most famous uh, novel, Star Wars Kenobi, uh, which is about the first month of Obi-Wan Kenobi's exile on Tatooine. Um, you know, that is uh, very similar uh, in that, uh, you know, everything that he uh, you know, lived around, everything that was structured around his life is gone. Um, same thing indeed with that die standing novel, because, you know, the back, as the back cover says, no one has ever lost more than Emperor Giorgio has lost because she was the, uh, the emperor of the entire mirror universe, uh, all known space that they had. And, uh, and, uh, you know, now she's, uh, in the prime universe and she's just another one of us. So, <laughs> so I, I tend to run in the same circles to a degree. So, so given... Given that you said that uh, the main character is Han Solo, if we actually saw him doing roguish stuff, uh, <laughs> what age range would you say this novel is geared at? Because 
Um, what we kind of do is, uh, well, they're they're all adult novels in the sense that they're not, you know, marketed as young adult. Um, what I try to do is I try to match uh, what we see in the TV series. Uh, so, um, you know, there are some four letter words in here, not the, not the worst four letter words, uh, but there are, there are a few because we see them in the TV series. Uh, and so that's really going to be probably the only thing, uh, that would, uh, you, you know, raise any eyebrows at all, because otherwise, you know, it's Star Trek, same as if it was Star Wars. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's not necessarily that racy. I would say the raciest novel I, I ever wrote was that die standing novel because Emperor Giorgio is just that kind of person. Uh, she's, she's always insulting people and, uh, and, uh, you know, there's always innuendo flying around and, uh, you know, in this case, uh, you know, uh, Captain Rios uh, has basically, you know, when, when I was when I was talking to uh, the the folks that did the audiobooks, uh, Robert Petkoff does these wonderful audiobooks. Uh, and if you enjoyed the audiobook, you can vote for the book as as media tie-in novel as well. Uh, the uh, I I set the advice that you know basically uh, Rios has two gears which are disinterest and disgust. Uh, he's 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 just really wants nothing to do with the job that he has. Or he's just really, really aggravated by everything so uh, that's happening around him, and so I, I try to confront him with as many things that are going to aggravate him as possible. So, okay, what was your first reaction when you found out you were nominated this year? I was really happy. Um, you know, it's uh, it's out of camera range behind me here, probably, but the, but I I did win a Dragon Award in 2020, the year we had no convention. Uh, and no, no, no. we had no in-person convention. I did way too much work for that. Well, that's true. Well, no in-person convention. And I, and I was not aware that there were videos at that time. Uh, but yes, uh, but, you know, that's the, uh, that's, the, that's sort of the thing that, uh, that, uh, that was, uh, that was in the graphic novel category. That was Battlestar Galactica Counter-Strike, uh, that I had written. And that was for the 40th anniversary of Battlestar Galactica. That was kind of the you know, the, 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 the trifecta for 12 year old me, because I had a star Wars product, a star Trek project and, um, and a Battlestar Galactica went out in the same year. Um, and, and so that was, uh, that was just delightful, but, uh, you know, I, you know, that was a, a real surprise, uh, then, uh, but you know, there was, uh, there was no event in 2020, uh, in, in person. And, uh, so I really, uh, am uh, you know, delighted to have the chance to go this time. I wasn't able to attend in 2019, I guess it was, when the uh, uh, Enterprise War one came up as, as well. So, um, uh, but again, I, I am I am looking forward to this. Um, you know, I think I'm more or less the uh, the Simon and Schuster uh, you know, person there because uh, you know, there's uh, there's I think two other Simon and Schuster books <laughs> as well in my category. Uh, but uh, but again, I, I you know, they've been really wonderful to work with uh, the convention and getting me in. I'm so, so glad that you're going to get a full like Dragon Award nominee treatment. It'll, it'll be great. Uh, you know, it's uh, you know one of the one of the fun things about this is that um, you know the uh, the media tie-in category. One of the reasons why the Scribe Awards exist uh, is that um, you know these books tend not to get recognized in the Hugo's, the Nebulas, the traditional awards programs. Uh, and, uh, I think the thinking has always been that, well, you know, these books, uh, have automatic audiences, they have automatic, uh, you know, followings anyway. Um, you know, it's not necessarily as important to help these books out. Uh, well, it, it you know, it, it, we work just as hard as, as, uh, you know, creators on, uh, you know, on their own properties. Uh, and, uh, in, in a sense it's, uh, you know, there are ways in which it's more difficult because we're actually, uh, you know, having to navigate other constraints. Well, there's uh, more chefs in this kitchen. Yeah, there's more. There's more people working on it. Um, you know, again, in Star Trek, we have. Um, you know, we work, work both with Paramount. Uh, you know, they're they're folks that handle the licensing uh, things, a and then we've also got Kirsten, uh, who's keeping track of what's going on in the TV shows. Uh, over in Star Wars, we have the Lucasfilm Story Group. Uh, my dude, my dude, Dawn novel was the first novel in the story group era. Uh, and, uh, that, that's a, a body that has people, uh, in it that, you know, keep tabs on everything that's going on. So basically <laughs> beginning with new Dawn, every, you know, piece of fiction, every comic book, every video game, 
uh, every back of an action figure card where there's a little story on it or whatever, those have all been considered canonical. Uh, and, you know, it's to me, it's not that important what's canonical. It's just, uh, you know, you know I, we want the readers to uh, feel like everything works. Uh, the readers want things to work. We want things to work. Uh, and, uh, you know, we want people to kind of understand, well, uh, here's the order to read things in. And, uh, it, you know, if you, for example, Star Trek Picard Rogue Elements, uh, if you have not seen an episode of Picard, you're fine because the show hasn't happened yet. <laughs> you know, this this is, you know, I think you might consider technically uh, this is the next thing that happens after Star Trek Nemesis uh, in the sense of, uh, you know, in in this sort of new era of books that we're doing, uh, because, uh, you know, Nemesis is uh, at the end of the 2370s. Uh, and then you've got um, actually it's not the next one, uh, the Picard novel uh, Last Best Hope uh, by Una McCormick. And I think that was a nominee as well. It's here. Uh, is uh, is is in there, uh, you know, showing what Picard was doing in between the series, and now we've got uh, Rogue Elements, which shows uh, what uh, what uh, what Rios is doing. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I the, the fans want everything to work. They want everything to connect, uh, and you know, stories are about more than how they connect uh, to other things. Uh, but you know, if we can make things sync together nicely as a bonus, that's cool. So. Having written in other people's universe, I can say that's actually a little bit harder than just making it up myself because sometimes you get yourself in a corner and you're like, oh, I could do this cool thing and I solve this problem. We move on. When you're writing in one of their universes, they could say, false, you cannot do that cool thing. And here's well, why, because it's a book I haven't written yet, but, you know, and it's it can be limiting in some respects. Uh, I do a panel on shared universe writing where I talk about, or not a panel, but a presentation where I talk about you know, working in uh, these these other sandboxes, uh, working on Star Trek is like working in a national park uh, or Star Wars or whatever it is. Uh, you you only want to uh, you know uh, you you want to you want to take out of the park whatever you bring in. Uh, so you don't want to leave a lot of baggage around. You don't want to you don't leave a lot of garbage around. You don't want to put your name on things. Uh, you know, you should not actually be. Uh, you know, trying to get uh, you know, leave your stamp on Star Wars or Star Trek or whatever it happens to be, um, and you know you, what you find is that uh, you know uh, the very first thing that my first Star Wars comics editor said to me uh, before I even pitched uh, is he said when you define you can find so when you explain how something that has previously been unexplained happened. You've possibly closed off story avenues for other people coming along after you. Uh, and that person might even be yourself. Uh, so, you know, you don't want to go around establishing stuff. No one ever went to Planet X again. Well, that's terrible. You don't want that to be out there because then no other writer can go to Planet X. Um, uh, and, and uh, you know... All Wookiees were great swimmers. Well, that makes it difficult if your next story about a Wookiee who can't swim doesn't uh, doesn't sync up with that. Um, so, you know, I tend to say to folks um, when writing in a shared universe, um, you know, put all of the history, put all of the, uh, you know, the world building kind of stuff uh, in the mouths of other characters uh, because uh, they might be incorrect. They might be uh, they might be lying. They might be misinformed. Uh, they, uh, it, it's a lot easier to do that, uh, than to have to undo something that a, an omniscient narrator says. Uh, and I never really deal with omniscient narrators anyway, because, you know, almost everything I do is, you know, point of view written, uh, you know, from Rios or, or, or whatever other characters I'm writing about. Um, I will say one of the reasons that, that, you know, Rogue Elements was a special book for me. Uh, it is the first novel I've written where, with the exception of the epilogue, the whole book is in his voice. Uh, it's not in first person, but the whole book is from his point of view. Uh, so, uh, you know, the mystery, and there are there are a number of interlocking puzzles, and, and including a literal puzzle in this book, uh, that, uh, that are here for us. Um, you know, you're working them out at the same time that he's working them out. Uh, and, you know, he has long stretches where he can't figure it out. And and that's that's uh, that's a time where you know you're sort of uh, you know, you're as the reader thinking about it in the background too, and then wondering, well, is he going to think about what I thought of? 
And uh, so, so again, yeah, it is uh, it is a different kind of book for me in the sense that it is, you know, you know, one hundred percent up until the epilogue in his voice. So you mentioned that not all of the books um, that are written in extended universes of various properties are canon. So what determines whether the companies view the novel as canon, and how would the audience know if they're tracking that kind of stuff? Well, uh, everything since uh, Star Wars: A New Dawn uh, in Star Wars is considered it's considered part of the uh, part of the Star Wars story. Uh, so uh, anything before that would have uh, a little logo at the top of it uh, that says Legends, uh, which is, for example, my Kenobi book. Uh, and what Legends means is that um, it might have happened, it might not have. Uh, they reserve the right to use some part or none of it. Uh, or all of it, or none of it. Uh, it. Legends are like, you know, uh, you know, Robin Hood, King Arthur. There, are, there might be some truth to it. There might be a real person in there somewhere, um, uh, and uh, you know, other things just may have been misremembered in the history, uh, you know, in the in the uh, you know, in the haze of history. Um, and what that's done is that's allowed them to pick and choose and bring forth the parts they want to bring forth. So, for example, Thrawn is more or less the character uh, in uh, in Tim Zahn's books, uh, the new books, that he was in the old books. It's just it didn't bring with him all of the baggage, uh, everything that the character had previously done. Um, you know, I brought forward a character um, in the Kenobi novel uh, named Mosep Benid. He was Jabba the Hutt's lawyer that had appeared in the original uh, he actually appeared in the original uh, comic book uh, adaptation of the of the movie, although not under that name. Uh, that character, uh, you know, is uh, is appears in uh, the Kenobi novel. But I also got to bring him into a book called Star Wars Canto Bite, uh, and that is the book that we did, uh, which is a series of um, novellas about the. Uh, about the uh, you know, casino planet in episode eight. Uh, and uh, the story I wrote there was just an absolute delight. And one of the things I like about it is I was able to get this character that has this fun past, you know, more or less into canon, uh, you know, without, uh, without any changes whatsoever. Okay. All right, Doc, next one is yours. So what does this nomination mean to you as an author, but also really and this may be selfishly, does it mean something different since you're going to be there this year? Um, I, the last few years, I've been writing most of my novels in the winter. Uh, the dead of winter, usually I live in Wisconsin. And uh, so, you know, I actually have to, uh, you know, turn my big TV onto a, 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 the, 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 the screen in the room where I write. Uh, I usually have it streaming some happier place. Uh, you know, <laughs> A, a, you know, a webcam from uh, from someplace that even if it's still winter, it's it's a it's a you know nice tourist downtown out in the Rockies somewhere or something like that. Uh, so I could feel like I'm somewhere uh, instead of isolated, um, just like the characters tend to be in my books. I mean, you know, uh, you know, Kenobi was written in the dead of winter here. Uh, and, you know, it, the 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 only thing similar uh, was the fact that I, I was isolated and uh, he and I both grew beards in the middle of it. Uh, you know, the, uh, whereas, you know, again, as with, as with Rios again, uh, you know, he is, uh, he's, he's alone for a lot of the time and, uh, you know, trying to, trying to sort of, you know, crawl under a rock somewhere in the galaxy and hide. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I, I finished these books and, and, you know, then usually the, uh, the dynamic for me is that I get to, uh, you know, go out to conventions and start interacting with people, usually about the previous book. Uh, and talking about them. And, you know, one of the things that was just so hard uh, during uh, the, the, the pandemic, and certainly other people had many worse problems, but, um, you know, I had just had the, my first convention of 2020 when uh, everything shut down. And uh, so the very first show that, that I missed was Mid-SouthCon. And uh, I've been affiliated with Mid-SouthCon since the 80s. Uh, it's my hometown convention. I'm originally from Memphis. I go back there every year. Uh, and uh, I, uh, you know, I, you know it, it's always sort of like my spring break uh, where I get to escape uh, the, uh, the room where I've been writing all winter long and, uh, and, 
you know, have panels and, uh, and uh, you know, talk to folks. Uh, and, you know, it just didn't happen in 2020 or 2021. It did happen, thank goodness, in 2022. Uh, but, uh, but again, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of like that where, uh, you know, I, I look forward to the opportunity to actually get to, uh, you know, interact with people on more than just a social media or zoom or stream yard or whatever you want to call it, uh, uh, you know, medium. And so, uh, yeah, getting to go to dragon con, that's, uh, that's going to be a cool deal. And, you know, I've just been figuring out how the app works and why they never update the app and all the other things. They do update the app. My last update is last sun, last Saturday at six thirty. Uh, so I I don't know no. if I need to reload the whole thing or not. I no, don't know. It, well, right now they're trying to. You know, there's only so many data pushes they want to do at a time. No, I get it. I get it. Get all of us to do it. The problem is we're all volunteers, with the exception of like six people. Oh, I get it. So it's, we're it's, doing look, like, hey, you want to update this? Uh let me. Yeah. I'll, I'll work on that blurb tonight after I'm done with my day job. No, the uh, the the thing that I uh, have always felt is, uh, you know, the 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 job of organizing a convention is something I don't want to do. <laughs> it's it, it's very hard. Uh, my company, I you know, I mentioned that I um, I you know work for a uh, the comics magazines, uh, comics buyers guide, comics and games retailer. And also I ran a magazine called Scry, which was a collectible card game magazine. You know, there was a there was a stretch there where we were looking at buying Gen Con. And I, I said, guys, you really don't know what you're looking to get into. This is going to be so hard. Uh, this, is, this is going to be so hard. I don't think you uh, uh, have any conception of what's involved here. So, uh, you know, I definitely appreciate all the work that everybody puts into these things, uh, into running the show, organizing it, getting everything set up. Okay, um, that is definitely a lot of work uh, and a lot of peopling. So, was your nomination something you campaigned for, or were you sort of surprised by it that your fans had put it up? Um, you know, I, uh, you know, they say, you know, they say this is one where you know the, it, it's uh, you, know, you know campaigning is, uh, or at least announcing is is fine. Uh, so, you know, I did what I I considered to be, uh, you know, the uh, somewhere between. Uh, you know, more than the minimal and, and less than, you know, what would, what would seem gauche, uh, in terms of, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, just putting that uh, link out there, you know, again, what happens is the communities, particularly in these media tie-in novels, the communities get involved. Uh, the people that are with star Wars or star Trek or firefly or whatever it else happens to be, uh, you know, they, uh, they, uh, get in there and support the project. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think that happened a, a couple of years ago with that Battlestar Galactica thing, uh, is, is, you know, that it was, uh, it was a recognizable property in that list of, uh, in that list of graphic novels. Uh, and, uh, so again, you know, it's a different dynamic than, um, you know, a judge competition, uh, like, uh, like the, like the scribes are, uh, but, you know, it's, it's no less important to helping to, you know, you know, promote and, and, you know, get people acquainted with the books. And that's what it's really all about. You know, it's, it's not, uh, it's not so much about, a, a, you know, the reward as it is. Uh, it helps to expose the book to more people. Uh, it helps to, um, you know, get uh, people who might not necessarily have uh, tried a Star Trek novel in years, uh, a place to, to come in at. And, and really these latest novels have been, have been wonderful. Uh, you know, we, we, We've written them all in that regard to uh, be, you know, kind of the introductory novels for people who haven't read any of these things. Um, and just a, a good example is over the last couple of years since we've doing them, you know, all of our previous novels had been, um, you know, mass market paperbacks for a long time. Uh, then we went to trade paperbacks uh, and Picard Rogue Elements uh, also got a hardcover release. Uh, and you know we hadn't done hardcover releases in Star Trek for like a decade, um, and uh, yeah, the same will be true of my Strange New Worlds novel that's coming out in February. Uh, you know it will have a hardcover release uh, and a simultaneous ebook and audiobook release, uh, and uh, and you know that's all of that is designed to try to get two people as quickly as possible. Uh, <laughs> you know the books in the in the uh, versions of. Um, Yep. The other thing is about the trade paperback and the hardcover, at least from the fan perspective and reader collective, is 
or the reader collector thing is a lot of people really have said that they prefer that for when they're collecting it because yeah. I think more people like in hardcovers and print, they're never going to go really away. Yeah. Um, and I think some of that is we like to see them. So, I mean, if you, uh, yeah. I, I buy a hardcover, I, I will buy hardcovers of books. I already have as eBooks. Yeah. Cause I'm, uh, I don't have an issue. No uh, issue. It, in a sense, the hardcover, or if we're talking comic books, uh, you know, the comic book before it gets collected, is in a sense sort of like, um, you know, the, the, this allows your hardest core or most interested readers uh, a chance to support something uh, before it goes sort of wide, before it goes, you know, before it goes into a format where it's, you know, probably the most cheap, the most inexpensive, most, you know, the cheapest, most accessible format. Uh, it, 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 you know, sort of is the, uh, if you want to call it the, the Kickstarter version of, of, of the, whatever the story happens to be, it's the, it's the first version of it that, uh, the early adopters get and want to get. Um, but it's also the case that it's just much better right now, uh, to be doing the hardcover, uh, you know, trade paperback dynamic. Um, you know, the, the sad thing is for people who like them, the, uh, the era of the mass market paperback is, uh, I'm sorry to say done. Uh, it, the, it was, it was, uh, it, it, it was drawing to a close already. Uh, but when Walden books went out, that was it. Uh, because, uh, the, the, what, what ended up being the new model for the bookstore in a physical space, uh, you know, was not a small little place where you had to jam in as many books as possible uh or, or you know newsstand places where you're trying to get them all on a spinner rack um you know the the current model of bookstore is either the indie bookstore which has some room and looks like a nice curated place uh or uh or you know you got barnes and noble where again it's a big uh sprawling room where you've got uh you know books that you know it's important to be able to see the covers on the books from 20 feet away that's why there's a lightsaber on the cover of every Star Wars novel, just about. Even if there is almost no lightsaber play in the Kenobi novel, for example, there's a lightsaber on all of his novels because people can see it across the room. Uh, yeah, you know, it and, is so recognizable and iconic. Exactly, and so and so that is kind of the dynamic there. It's also better for the environment because uh, the copies of the mass market paperbacks, when they weren't sold, they were destroyed. Um, you know, they, they ripped the covers off and threw them away, uh, and, uh, or they went into the incinerator or something like that. So again, you know, it, it was something that, um, you know, it, it, it's just a change in how the people who sell these things, uh, do them. Uh, but it also is, it's better in a sense for the readers as well, because, uh, you know, they do have that, you know, choice between hardcover and softcover. Um, uh, you know, even though they might not be available at the exact same time. The other difference is, um, you know, because the pricing structure is different, you can actually see Amazon do a discount or Barnes & Noble do a discount on a hardcover or a trade paperback. Um, you know, you go on Amazon right now and you're paying cover price on every single mass market paperback because there's no uh, profit margin built into them. Um, yeah. the, fact, the fact that they are so disposable means uh they you know there's they don't make any money on them anyway so getting back on track to fans and fandom and dragon con what are you the most excited about at dragon con because and also do not forget guys if you're listening go vote because if you're going to dragon con you're going to get distracted because <laughs> dragon con starts on thursday you know the awards are on Sunday, and so you got to vote. We can have time to get that in. So I'm saying aim for Friday. If not, vote. I'm voting before I even get to leave the house. And I live in Atlanta because otherwise I'm not going to get vote by the time I get down there. I'm just going to be too busy. Slacker, I voted already. <laughs> you know what? I thought I'd actually, like, listen to some of these, particularly since I know um, – I know many of the people in the military sci-fi category, but like this is the first time I've really gotten to talk to one of the media tie-in novelists. So I'm super excited. But well, what, is you, what are you the most excited about for attending this con? Well, uh, yeah, again, it's my, my first one. That is, yeah. uh, again, so weird uh, of all the major conventions in, uh, you know, in uh, the United States. 
uh, Dragon Con has been the one that I, I have not gone to. Uh, and uh, I'm not really sure why, uh, you know, because again, it is, um, you know, uh, you know, back when I was at the, uh, you know, the comics magazines, um, I just don't think we ever set up at Dragon Con uh, while I was there. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I didn't get to attend it during my day job. Uh, and then here in the more recent years, um, you know, I'm just not sure why I, you know, what, one, one thought is that, you know, I had, I had a lot of books that were launching, uh, right around Labor Day. So, uh, for example, uh, yesterday as we're recording, this was the eighth and an the ninth anniversary of the Kenobi books release. Yeah. So for example, that book. Um, you know, I did the, uh, I did, I, I went back to Memphis for the, uh, for the release party, uh, so I could do it in my hometown. Uh, and so, uh, and then the next year it was in, you know, my hometown up here, I went to the Barnes and Noble to do the, um, you know, Labor Day weekend, uh, release party for the new Dawn book. Uh, so just one way, one reason or another, uh, it, it, yeah, I never got there. Um, you know, and, and also I get to where I really don't want to do two conventions right up against each other. So whenever it would be, yeah, yeah. So you want to be functional for both of them. Yeah. And so, you know, depending on what year it was, we would usually have Gen Con or something right next to it or something like that, where it was, I just could not see doing it. Uh, but uh, again, uh, very glad to get down there. I have not done a, um, a convention in, uh, Atlanta since Timegate in 2012. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, and uh, and so it's been been uh, been quite some time, and uh, you know I have been told by everybody that there is <laughs> that this is going to be uh, you know, an overwhelming experience with lots and lots of walking. Um, you know, I'm I'm going to be signing in person uh, both at uh, at uh, you know a, a booth there, and then also at uh, at your event uh, Friday night. Yes. And, and uh, I guess we can get onto that later, but but where I'll be, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's uh, and then I have several panels lined up already, and so uh, you know I I'm just sort of discovering all this as it's happening. So I know that's actually how you and I started talking was you reached out to me and you were like I I'm attending and I have no idea and I'm like <laughs> I, I, I thank goodness you rolled with it because I was very tired and uh, I mean I was right. happy to hear from you and I'm like. Okay, here is the fast, dirty brief of how to do this. And yep. Yeah, no, I, 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 you know, I am just, you know, it's one of those things where it did not start to gel until I the nomination happened, and then suddenly it's like, okay, yeah, better, better go. So yeah, you have like twelve events at Dragon Con. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, yeah, there are uh, there are panels. Uh, the Star Wars authors panel, uh, you know, Saturday night. Uh, there's a Star Trek author panel, uh, and uh, I, I believe that's uh, that's Monday. Uh, and then uh, then there's also uh, a, a panel on Saturday afternoon on media tie-ins, which you know kind of works, uh, and another one on intellectual property that's on Monday as well. Uh, and then otherwise, uh, I'll be yeah. signing. I'll be signing uh, in. Uh, Mart two, and I don't know which building that is. It's floor two of whatever the Mart is. Okay, uh, so so Dragon Con, if you're not, if you're new, and we might have some new fans listening who haven't been, Dragon Con has like seven buildings. So this is a Marimart two. Okay, I wasn't kidding when I said download download. Yeah, yeah, no, I got it. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah there's yeah. A, there's a, a booth called Bard's Tower uh, that I've done work with in the past where they'll have. A number of my books on stock, and then I'll have, uh, you know, a you know, I'll have a, a batch of uh, uh, books as well uh, at uh, at the uh, you know, event that you have Friday night. Yes. Yeah, so the event he's talking about, guys, if you're listening, is the Fantasy Gather, which is a book party that we have at Dragon Con every year on Friday night in Hanover Hall, C through E. And of the Hyatt, where people can come, they can mix and mingle and meet authors, authors network with each other, fans tend to leave with some new book buddies. So both the kind that they can go home and read with and the kind that they can talk books with. So it's definitely a time to come. But um, I figured I normally don't plug my own events. But this one, I figured since we've talked about it, we should definitely let people know what what we're talking about without having to download an app. <laughs> So, which panel do you think you're the most excited about participating in? 
Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'll be interested to see what the audience is like uh, uh, on on each of them. Uh, Very you know, passionate. Yeah, uh, you know, I I I did get to I, I did get the schedules, and I, I was like, well, I have two hours here. I wonder if I should plug yet another thing in between these two things. And I said, maybe I shouldn't overdo it. I I kind of forget to eat, so. <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely a thing. We should definitely make sure you eat food. Um, if you find me, I will have coffee and snacks. It's <laughs> very good. I have many authors forget to eat and many track directors, namely me. <laughs> so did you, did you pick your, since you were, you know, a nominee this year, did you pick the panels you were on or they just say, Hey, be here and be there for oh, that? Oh, you know, I have such a late edition. Uh, you know, they, they, you know, they, you know, I filled out the form and everything and they, uh, they found me. Uh, they found me, uh, you know, several, um, uh, you know, and then in in addition to those, uh, you know, I, I knew uh, Steve Saffel, who's on, uh, he's moderating the tie-in panel, and uh, you know, I, I, you know, airdropped into that one. <laughs> yeah, I know you. You're doing on Monday at one the IP panel. It yeah, that's a that's a, yeah the uh, the the one that's not on there yet because they haven't updated the updated the uh, the app uh that is that is the writing uh media tie-ins that's that's saturday i think at like 11 30 uh and then yeah the ip panel is monday uh you know almost immediately after the star trek panel and in a different building so how that yes. works i don't it's know in the hyatt embassy yeah and the person who came up with the title has a really bad habit of puns and thinks it's funny oh, i think there okay. ip everywhere yeah, 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 yeah. I, I tried not to uh, try not to think about that, but there we go. It's okay. So what you're saying it's is, like, is you you're going to make fun of it. I do all the time. So what you're saying is you're going to bring your comfortable running shoes so you can get from panel to panel. You know, I'll, I won't know about it until I you know, actually experience it, whether it's possible. <laughs> you know, I, I'm taking their word for it that I can get from building to building in 30 minutes. You can, but you may have to occasionally look at people and go, hey, I'm an attending professional. I hate to tell you this, but I need to get through. Yep. So it's okay. We do understand that that can happen. And if you show up a little late, we generally are very understandable about that as directors. So because we understand particularly your first year that you don't know where everything is. Um. So do you think we'll see more with this character? Oh, with Rios. Well, I don't want to spoil like more books. Yeah, I don't. Want to, I don't want to spoil Picard season two if I can help it. What I can say is, uh, a, well, a couple of things. First of all, uh, you know, Rios has. Uh, you know, I cover two whole years of his career here, but there's still about seven years that we haven't seen in between so, that and uh, and Picard. So, uh, with the, the success of this, do you think they'll let you do another book of it? Uh, you know, anything's possible. Uh, you know, and uh, you know, I uh, and and yes, you know, for the character himself, um, you know, it, I've always told folks that there's there's no fate for a character that appears on screen or elsewhere that can't be undone or can't be changed or is it is it exactly I mean, what honestly, we honestly? Yeah, he sounds fascinating. Like I just want to read about him more. Yeah. Oh no, he's a blast. So uh, I, I'm really hoping that they look at this and they go, you know, one oh, cool. of, of the reasons that this book is about a third longer than uh, the die standing book is that even though, uh, you know, I, I had built all the worlds that Emperor Giorgio was going to, and I could have made it longer. I was kind of looking at it and saying, you know, it's just exhausting to be in her mind uh, because uh, she's from a place where everybody's evil and conniving and constantly calculating. And even though she's sort of reforming a bit in this, uh, in our universe, um, you know, it was, it was, you know, almost tiring uh, to have to be in that headspace all the time of always being suspicious of everybody and everything. Um, whereas, you know, Rios is just laid back and, <laughs> and just, and it, it's just, you know, the chaos is surrounding him and, you know, it's rare that he actually has to take a hand in it. And then when he has to take a hand in it, you know, we have some just wonderful action scenes. Um, you know, my uh, trademark is the big set piece, uh, whether it's a space battle or, um, you know, a, you know, a, a, a wild occurrence that's, 
uh, happening in a in a physical area where you know I really think through the the setting and what characters are doing and sort of um, you know the diehardness of it all the the you know the the uh, like you know what is yeah you know, how can I work this setting uh, and where the characters are into the action. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, die hard on a building, die hard on a, on a spaceship or, or whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, and so, you know, we do get bursts like that. Uh, but, you know, it, my feeling with rogues elements is that, you know, I just wanted people to sort of, um, you know, have a book that, you know, they would, they would read for fun and, uh, that would be, um, you know, a relief, <laughs> after after a what was a difficult year um you know of course the irony is uh even though i i had said in the acknowledgments of, of rogue elements that you know i i i hoped uh, the world would go quite back to normal by the time this book was out uh you know it was already still crazy when i was writing the strange new worlds novel uh, uh which is coming out in february so i, I think i think my uh my acknowledge, my acknowledgments literally start with, all right, let's try this again. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. All right. That's a, that's a good thing to do. And um, so you've mentioned that you follow some of the, the Dragon Con award side of things, even though, you know, you haven't been there in person to accept it when you won the last time. Do you think we'll see an expansion of the categories right now? There are 15 awards. Is there anything you'd like to see them add? To uh, the list? You know, you know, They've got a really good list, and um, you know, I, I, you know, I think the danger you get into if you you add too much is you get into an Eisner situation where you can't finish the awards in under three hours, um, and uh, you know that's that's coming from you know I've actually run an awards program or at least tabulated an awards program because the Comics Buyers Guide had the CBG Fan Awards uh, for you know like fifteen years. Uh, and, you know, I was tabulating the votes and everything for that. And that was another one where it was the general public that voted. Um, and, um, you know, we would always have three or 4,000 people, you know, voting because the ballots were, you know, we didn't have social media, but, you know, Marvel would run the ballots in its letters pages and, and, and we would run the ballots in the, uh, in our, um, in our, our publications too. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think we had 14 categories and 14 seemed like a good number because it meant that we, when we did our own, uh, uh, you know, awards events, I think we were doing them at mid Ohio con back then, which is again, another reason why I didn't get to dragon con, uh, you know, uh, that was kind of the goal was to be able to get through them in an hour and a half or whatever the, the allotted time was. I, I see that the dragon awards are, uh, you know, set for uh, one hour for, uh, this, uh, this, uh, event Sunday night. Uh, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I guess it will depend on how many people are physically there. Well, they're pretty they're I will admit I've I've gone to one or two of them and um they're pretty I don't want to say they're succinct because in yeah. some way because that is I mean they give them their due. Yeah. But many of the speakers and introductions they do not yeah. go on and yeah. on and on and beat a dead horse like the Academy Awards do. So that helps. Yeah. And, you know, it's always about, you know, you, you, when you've got the people in the audience to actually accept, you know, that each one of those adds three minutes. So, <laughs> you know, that, that might be a very valid point. So, <laughs> so I, I would suggest every year that they, and I get the hate mail for it and I've already gotten the hate mail. So hopefully I don't get it again, but I suggested that they combine graphic novel and comic books so they could oh, open no. up a category. But people are like, it's not the same. I'm like, it's all no, a picture no. book. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's a different, yeah, yeah, different, different markets, different animals. But then that's, yeah, you know, I, I mentioned to you before the show. That's 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 my side gig. That's the other thing I do. I do, I I do a website called Comicron, uh, which is uh, the world's largest public database of comic book sales figures. And so uh, that oh, wow. that that spins off of what I was doing years ago at the trade magazine. Uh, and so I, I've got all these all this data going back to the the 1930s. Uh, not all of it is on the site, uh, but but quite a bit of it. And, you know, one of the things that we really get into is definitions of what's a comic book, what's a graphic novel. Uh, we do an annual report uh, that I do with ICV2 uh, on the, the comics industry. And we have, for example, 
you know, the comics category and, uh, and a graphic novel category. And every year we have to explain to folks what goes in what bucket. Uh, manga. Well, no manga or graphic novels because manga have spines. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, they're, they're not, they're not a story told serially uh, in, in magazine format. Um, you know, and uh, you know, again, it's, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, the boss of my company that I used to work for, because um, uh, we did magazines about comics and toys and every other collectible thing, uh, you know, he once told me, uh, the only thing, that, the only category that fits everything uh, perfectly uh, in any hobby is miscellaneous. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So unless you, unless you, uh, uh, you know, unless you uh, want to have just miscellaneous as your your category, you have to be arbitrary and and firm uh, and say, okay, this goes in this category, this does not. Um, and uh, and so again, that is a fun thing that we deal with. I guess he told me, Doc. But uh, so we don't have to belabor <laughs> that point. You can you can ask the next one and save me from myself. Oh, saving you from yourself is sometimes fun, sometimes not. Hmm. So, but what? Obviously, we know which book you're voting for in the media tie-in category. But do you know who else you're voting for in any of the other categories? Uh, you know, I I voted uh, pretty much the day that the thing came out, so I'm not sure I remember what I voted for at this point. Oh, that okay. sounds like a really legit answer. It so is a true answer. How many of the uh, book? Obviously, you know, if you voted, there are chances are you read more than one in each category. Do you have any some, favorites on the list without uh, associating? Oh, that's I've, what I've, I've, I've read some. What I, what I what I will say, you know, the you know, I have seen just about everything in the in the because they have they have the they have the TV shows uh, in there as well in the movies. Uh, yeah, I uh, I I will say, uh, and I'm not just saying this because I worked on it, uh, the book about it, uh, but. Uh, you know the uh, the you know, Star Trek Strange New World show was just such a breath of fresh air. Um, you know, and I knew it was going to be because of you know I'd been working on the the novel, uh, you know, back this time last year. Uh, but uh, I I was just delighted with how it came out and the reception of it. Uh, and yeah, it, it, it was a really strange month of May for me because you know I I had the Picard novel out. Uh, at the same time, the Picard series was wrapping up season two, uh, which was right when they were launching Strange New Worlds, which I was writing a novel about uh, at, uh, at the time. And and then, of course, the Kenobi show launched, the Obi-Wan Kenobi show launched. And, uh, of course, my 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 mentions exploded when, you know, Ella McGregor came out and announced that he had read the novel. Uh, and the, the director came out and announced that she had read the novel. And, you know, for, for several weeks there, it was just all about, uh, well, John, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And, uh, and uh, it's like, you know, I, I enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed the fact that, you know, they, uh, they respected, uh, you know, the, uh, the uh, you know, one of the major storytelling decisions we made in that novel. Uh, you know, there's no conflict between the books, uh, the book and the, and the series. Uh, but again, it is surreal uh, having all this on at the same time. Okay. That is a, a good problem to have. <laughs> so what are you going to do when you win? Uh, I will, celebrate? I will, uh, I will uh, certainly thank all the other people that are, uh, that are nominated because we've got uh, you know, Tim Zahn's got his uh, Thrawn book in there. Claudia Gray's book is in there. You know, colleagues of mine at Star Wars. Uh, you know, my colleague uh, at Simon and Schuster, uh, and uh, and he also wrote Star Wars novels as well. Troy Denning, uh, he's got a Halo uh, book out. Um, you know, and, and, you know that's something that's got a really hard level of uh, you know, I because I, I've written Halo uh, myself in comics and and uh, in short stories. Yeah, you know, and I really admire how hard it is to to work on a video game property because a lot of things are going around at the same time uh you know that you're working on it uh and then also uh you know my friend dave mack um who uh yeah his novel uh, you know the coda novel uh yeah it that book wraps up uh the the novel universe that had been started around the year 2000 uh in uh the pocket books uh, uh line I, I i think they ought to really call it the pocket universe uh and uh and yeah. So again, that was uh, that's something with a really high degree of difficulty, uh, you know, just trying to write it. Um, and 
so you know all of these are are, are are worthy nominees and i'll certainly recognize anybody there if I, if I get it and and if not i may be the one that ends up picking it up for anybody who's not there so we'll see Ooh, that would actually be harder close to greatness but it's not yours um you know that happens though i'm here accepting on behalf of uh david uh, uh who got the grand master award at the scribe awards in in uh, in uh, san diego uh, yeah, picked up the one for Rogue Elements. So, and 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 he was very gracious to do so. He asked me beforehand, "Is there anything you want to say?" And I'm like, "Like, well, I, I I'd say I'd be shocked because I didn't think it's going to happen." All right. So, if you win, how will you display your uh, your trophy? Are you going to add an addition to your house just for the trophy room? Uh, well, I've I've got uh, I've got the Battlestar Galactica one here on the on the shelf over here. It, they're just very nice, and um, in particular, I was really delighted that. Uh, they got that. Uh, they got that to my co-writer, uh, or actually, they, my artist, uh, Daniel HDR, who is in uh, Brazil, uh, and uh, and they managed to get it down there safely. And I was just thrilled by that. And so I, I again do appreciate that. Uh, well, they have a shipping wizard who works in the office. Well, I mean, it's a big hunk of glass. So oh, I, I know what it looks like. Believe me, I, I'm it's like, beautiful. I'm like, wow. So, um, and again, you know, that was, that was, that project was very much a labor of love uh, as well, because it's, you know, it's not like that, that that's an active uh, license these days. That was really more, you know, uh, you know, 40th anniversary book for the TV show. Um, it was very depressing when I started working on that comic book. And I realized that I was the only person on the staff of the, the Battlestar Galactic comic book who was alive when the TV show was on. Uh, so, no. <laughs> which version? The original, which version of the original? The, the original. Oh, okay, okay. And so, and so, you know, what I ended up doing was, and and that that was why it was sort of a personal, uh, you know, good thing to to, to have uh, you know recognition for because I, I I more or less was the unofficial co-editor on it because I was constantly saying, okay, no, that 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 ship is from the 2003 show, not the 1978 show uh, or, or whatever. And, uh, but you know, Daniel uh, just nailed it. I mean, uh, everything, everything came out great. So again, uh, you know, just delighted to have, uh, have been nominated and uh, to have the chance to go down there and do this, uh, this ceremony. Outstanding. All right. Last question. And then we got to, we got to wrap this up. We've talked a lot about the uh, properties. It's been a lot of fun. We definitely want you back. So you've written on the original Battlestar property. Have you written on the new one too? Oh no, too dark, too 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 <laughs> too, too too heavy. <laughs> the new one okay. is very very heavy. Yeah, uh, I you know, and again, I've done heavy stuff uh, like that Die Standing book, um, but uh, but you know, I I'm kind of like uh, yeah, let me have let me have more space for jokes, and uh, <laughs> let, 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 let's let's do something fun here, and particularly now. And, um, you know, that's, that's why I say again, you know, both the rogue elements novel and the strange new worlds novel coming up. Yeah. I've written them both to be, uh, you know, a, a, a place to escape to. Nothing wrong with that. That's a, there's room in the market for that. But as we bring this puppy to a close, how can listeners or viewers find you on the wild, wild interwebs? Okay, well, we mentioned Comicron. That's C-O-M-I-C-H-R-O-N.com. That's the website about the comic book sales figures and other historical information. Uh, you know, that is uh, that has both the website. Comicron is the Twitter for that. Also, the Patreon and the Facebook uh, uh, account for that. Um, my, uh, you know, Twitter and uh, uh, for my comics and fiction work is JJM Faraway, uh, which was... Uh, uh, which kind of goes along with my website, which is farawaypress.com, where I have behind the scenes notes on everything uh, that I have ever done uh, in uh, in comics and games uh, and novels up until a certain point where I ran out of time to write about them. Uh, <laughs> but it's sort of like the director's commentary. Uh, and uh, and uh, then also uh, uh, you know, on Facebook and Instagram, it's just John Jackson Miller outstanding and you can find us a dear listener on the twitters at twitter.com backslash sf underscore fantasy underscore show sierra foxtrot underscore fantasy underscore show you can email us at blasters and blades podcast at gmail.com 
Again, Blasters and Blades Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook where all the shenanigans happen at facebook.com backslash groups backslash a Blasters and Blades Podcast. Again, backslash groups backslash a Blasters and Blades Podcast. We have our website at anchor.fm backslash blasters tack and tack blades again anchor.fm backslash blasters dash and dash blades where you can support the show for as little as 99 cents a month uh, you can help keep the lights on or you can help support the show more directly at buymeacoffee.com backslash author jr hanley again buymeacoffee.com backslash author jr hanley be sure to put in the comment section that it's for the podcast uh, and we'll keep this uh, this production running. But the good news is the uh, the website is for our Anchor FM, which hosts everything. But Doc has recently bought the uh, domain name for BlastersAndBlades.com. And so after the craziness of Dragon and she catches her breath and catches a few weeks of sleep, we will uh, start looking into a proper website. And notice I said we, but Doc's going to do all the work. <laughs> all right, Doc. It's a good thing to <laughs> good presence. I do what I can. <laughs> All right, Doc, bring us home. <laughs> Thank you for spending some of your precious time with us. For Nick Garber, the absent-brained, and JR, the adult-brained, I'm Seska. This was the Blasters and Blades podcast. We'll be back next week, same time, same place, indulging our love of nerd culture, cheesy jokes, all things that go boom, and, of course, picking on JR because he doesn't understand how amazing pineapple on pizza is. Heresy. It's and uh, may, may, the, may the force live long and prosper. Outstanding. Don't forget to go vote.